we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 7th, 2014. Next report is entitled, Bankster Lobbyists Try to Sneak Derivatives Bailout in Budget Legislation. So again, we're just, again, the whole first part in this part, so, the start of this part, getting into how, I guess how the government is just defrauding law-abiding citizens and encouraging criminal behavior and rewarding criminal behavior. Um, just example after example of the corruption. Uh, more evidence, Congress is a subsidiary of Wall Street and the banks. On Friday, Michael Krieger, the editor of Liberty Blitzkrieg, wrote about a behind-the-scenes effort by banksters to include a provision in the government funding legislation that would make the Federal Deposit Corporation responsible for financial derivatives losses. Last October, Krieger wrote about a similar push to put American taxpayers on the hook for bankster gambling losses. Now, remember, a lot of the school loan stuff, that's, that's taxpayer money. Probably, I don't know if that's IRS, what you pay in the IRS, or if there's other ways they're getting that. But it's taxpayer coming out of your pocket, ultimately. You have, like, you have to pay for the whole illegal alien hoard. All of the things that the government's doing to financially support them. To add insult to injury, you're the one paying for that stuff. The American taxpayer. They're putting it on you. Now, they're putting American taxpayers on the hook for the bankster gambling losses. Again, the American taxpayer's on the hook for that anyway. But, just more of it. Five years after Wall Street coup of 2008, it appears the U.S. House of Representatives is, is as bought and paid for as ever. We heard about the Citigroup-crafted legislation being pushed through Congress back in May when Mother Jones reported on it. The main backer of the bill was Goldman Sachs operative Jim Himes, a Democrat member of the House of Representatives. Himes, Krieger wrote, quote, discovered lobbyist payoffs can be just as lucrative as a career in financial services. At the time, Himes and his colleagues launched a campaign to roll back 2010 Dodd-Frank Legislation Act showcased as a corrective for bankster abuse. But in reality, and instead, the Dodd-Frank codified the too-big-to-fail banks, mean basically gave them legitimacy, and also hammered small businesses and protected bankster investors, jacked up the prices consumers pay for bank services, interfered with basic market functions, and set the stage for the next economic disaster planned by the financial elite. Again, all of this has been pre-planned by design on a lot of different fronts. We just talked about some of the fronts today. A lot of the economic things that they're doing in this coming economic disaster pre-planned essentially by Satan and his minions. The effort by Himes and crew, according to Marcus Stan Stanley, policy director of Americans for Freedom for Financial Reform, would do Wall Street's bidding and allow it to write the law to its own benefit in ways to harm the public. Again, just more confirmation there. Also, this just came out, Americans' birth rate at all-time low. U.S. birth rate reached an all-time low in 2013 as the number of babies born in the country declined for the sixth straight year. Since the peak in 2007, a new report finds. I mean, if you're a law-abiding citizen and you're, and you're trying to tread water 
to make ends meet and, 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 you know, you've lost your job or whatever. I mean, the last thing you're thinking about is having more children. You can't even pay the bills that you've got. So obviously it's going to discourage, whereas the illegal aliens, they have their anchor babies and things of this nature that encourage that. So, again, it's, it's all by design. The country's birth rate dipped to 62.5 births per thousand women between the ages of 15 and 44, according to the report from Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That is 10% lower than the birth rate was in 2007. So, seven years later, the, the birth rates actually dropped. Now, a lot of that's abortion, too. I mean, um, in the African-American populations, 52% of, 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 of the blacks are aborting their babies, unfortunately. I'm not saying that because I'm prejudiced. I'm st- citing statistics. I don't want it to be that way. I wish abortion levels were zero. It's literally human sacrificing to the God of convenience through things like Planned Parenthood and, 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 it's, and it's a main depopulation mechanism that we're looking at here. First commandment of the, of the New World Order, Georgia Guidestones, reduced world population to 500 million. Well, America birth rate at all-time low. You've got over 100,000 births every day. And this is according to the UN statistics. 100,000 abortions per day worldwide. It's about 112. 100, over 100,000 every day. And that's what the UN's admitting to? Abortions worldwide? Uh, over 100,000 human, little baby, innocent sacrifices every day? Huh. How could God not judge the planet? Just on that one statistic alone. And that's another reason the birth rate's so low. Then you have all of the ways birth control works, like the pill, the patch, in those ways, which are... Um, hormonally based, or the morning after pill, those don't even count in those statistics. What do I mean by that? The birth control, the pill, the patch, these types of things, or um, the uh, interuterine devices, IUDs, they're abortifactive. They can be the pill and the patch can be abortifactive in their action. Go read the, the labels. It's one of the ways they can work. Meaning the egg gets fertilized. You actually have conception taking place. But the, but the, the fertilized egg cannot implant into a uterus where the lining of the walls are not suitable for implant, implement, implantation. So the baby's aborted. How many more millions upon millions upon millions of babies are aborted that way and the Christian community is being destroyed for lack of knowledge because they don't think that's the way it's working. I can't even imagine the true numbers. They would be absolutely statistically staggering. The most dangerous place you can be on in planet Earth, if you go from the point of conception to when you die, is beyond without a doubt the womb of the average woman on the planet. Most babies will not make it even out of the womb, most likely, on the planet. When you factor in 
the abortion statistics, 100,000 per day, and then you factor in the pill, the patch, IUDs, um, morning after pills. So it's a literal, absolute landmine. And I'm sorry, I don't think I've ever, hardly ever heard any one talk about that in totality. Look at it all together from the big picture. Look at how God's looking, because he knows everything. He knows all of these little intricacies, things. He knows what's going on inside a woman's womb. He knows all that stuff. He's got the real tally. He's got the real numbers, you know, in his database. He knows what they are. I can't even begin to fathom what humanity has done on a collective level regarding that one subject alone. And that one subject alone is is enough to, I mean, talk about defiling the land with innocent blood. That's what it does. That's what the Bible says. Very clear about that. You look at like Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Human sacrifice, particularly babies, I mean, you're defiling the land. So, I'm just saying that this is all factoring into this America's birth rate being at an all-time low. And I don't say that because I'm trying to condemn people, but I would rather you know the truth, you know, than for you to bring curse after curse after curse upon yourselves because you're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. And um, I've done several studies on that. Just key in contraception in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Um, also one on um, sexual sins. You can key in just sexual. Keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You know, again, I'm not trying to come off as condemning. I'm trying to I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you educated where you're not being destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, and you don't have to stand before God at the, at the judgment seat of Christ as a born-again Christian and realize you did all of this wickedness and you didn't even know you were doing evil. You were, you know. And, and maybe that was bringing a continual curse on yourself and that's why your life was so the way it was. And you didn't even know it. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. Super, I mean, that one subject I just brought up is more important than anything I've said today, by far. Way more. From a judgment on the planet by God subject. Let's go further. Uh, Major news is about to be released from the infamous privacy stealing company known as Facebook. All users will be asked around January 1st, 2015 to accept the new terms, but just what are the mysterious new terms being bolstered by Facebook? How about the fact that they want you to allow third parties like the CIA, FBI, and NSA to collect information not only from you, but from your Facebook page, but from your computer? They're already doing this. The CIA created Facebook. So there's a lot of people saying, oh, no, it's really not this or that. Oh, there's nothing. They're, al- they're already created by the CIA. Don't tell me that they're, they're, they're already doing this, I really believe, but now they want to make it more official. Just key in Facebook and CIA on YouTube. It'll take you right through it, how the company was formed, the, the names, the places, when it happened, and how it's all government front. It's all about data mining. 
Twitter, smartphones, um, Facebook, you name it. It's data mining. To monitor you 24-7 in everything you're doing. They're saying that they'll be able to collect information not only from your Facebook page, but from your computer, your phone, and any other device you access from Facebook. I don't know. Um, let's just play this this uh, in about a little over five minute video. with Infowars.com. Um, today I got an email from a listener, and from time to time we get tips sent in, and from time to time we actually do stories on them, because they're legit, they're really good. And the one that I got today is called, uh, it's about the new Force Facebook policy that will be uh, enforced on January 1st, and it's a really interesting policy, it's a little bit different from what we've seen in the past, you know, ever since the, the 9-11 attacks, the Patriot Act was put into place, and we've essentially just lost all of our privacy, you know, any kind of privacy we have on our phones. You know, I've done reports where I've shown you on my personal Android, Samsung right here, that it says that the NSA is spying and collecting data, the iPhone as well. They have that in their terms and services as well. And now the issue is, are they going to start saying that the CIA, the FBI, uh these guys are going to be considered third parties because what it does now is it says that third parties will have access to your information. Now, what it says is it says we'll collect information from or about the computers, phones, or other devices where you install or access our services. So, say you have Facebook and you download the app on your phone. Now you've given them access to your phone, your contacts, your locations, where you're at because you have that location uh, button on. It'll let them know your exact location where you're at. Any kind of pictures, whatever you think that you might have that's near and dear and private to you, once you click yes, accept that Facebook terms and services and conditions, you're now giving them the ability to go through your phone. And on your computer, once you open that device up, or once you open that website up, I should say, and go to Facebook.com, on January 1st, it's going to say, Click yes or no. Do you accept these new terms and services? I challenge you to read those and find out what they say because it says, such as the operating system, hardware uh, version, device settings, file and software names, types, battery, signal, signal strength, and device identifiers. So it's going to, when you get on your computer, it's going to say what kind of operating system you're on, what hardware you have, uh, the device settings, file, software names you have, your battery, your signal strength on your phone, device locations, including specific geographic locations through your GPS, your Bluetooth, your Wi-Fi, a connection information such as the name of your mobile operator or the ISP, the browser type, the language and time zone, mobile phone number and IP address. This is what Facebook is doing now. This is no longer a place for friends. This is a place for the NSA, the government, to spy on every single thing you do. And if you give the them the right to do this, then you're basically just saying, yeah, I, I, I capitulate, I consent, you can, you know, just take whatever you want, I'll give you whatever information you want, so I can have a Facebook page. It's, it's just insane, 
what they're asking, what they say they're going to do. I mean, this is what I want to challenge everyone. Is, is Facebook talking to your friends on here? Is it really worth giving up all your privacy? It's really making me question whether or not I should even keep Facebook. I think I might even... Well, I've told my listeners a long time ago, I don't have a Facebook page. I won't get one. I did it one time before I knew all of this stuff for a very, very brief time period, and then I researched it, and then I also realized it was sucking all my time up from, from being on it very shortly. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't run this ministry and, and maintain this Facebook page. I would need somebody just to man my Facebook page. And, you know, then learning all the stuff about the CIA and the government and how that's all involved. You know, no, we don't, we don't need this. We don't need this. Go in and delete it today. I mean, we shouldn't have to go through something like this just because, you know, Facebook at the beginning... Yeah, I like to use it to talk to a lot of my old military buddies, keep in touch with people I don't get to see on a day-to-day basis, see how their kids are doing. It, but at the end of the day, really, is it worth having all my information that I have on here going out to the NSA, to government uh, agencies, you know, all these different alphabet agencies? Because we know the CIA works with Facebook, Google, all these guys. We're giving away precious information that's personal to us. You know, something that you might share with someone that you haven't seen in a long time, or a private message that you send to somebody that you think it's just for you. Now that you've used Facebook on your phone, you have given that you've given that up to the government to use and to do whatever they want to with. You know, we know that they are arresting people based off habits and things like that. What if you look at something and next thing you know you get red flagged and you're on the no fly list? So really think about it, and it's something I challenge everyone. Is Facebook really important enough for you? Do you feel comfortable giving all that information to people you don't know, these different intelligence agencies back in Washington and Virginia, wherever they're at? Do you feel comfortable doing that? So I challenge you guys here, all the InfoWars people who watch this right now, share this and get this out there because it says we collect information when you visit or use third-party websites, information about websites and apps you visit, Every time you go and you look at a website now, once you've accepted Facebook, that information, whatever deep, dark secrets you think you might have or things that you look at on the Internet, it's out there. So think about that, and I challenge you guys, like I said, to, to take a look and maybe just, you know, scrap it. Is it uh, I just don't know if it's, it's not even that important. So continue watching our reports. I'm Joe Biggs with InfoWars.com. So, I wanted to play that. That's extremely... If you were on the fence about possibly doing keeping your Facebook, hopefully this will uh, convince you. I mean, I, I put out so many reports on this already. And uh, just key in Facebook in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. That's just, this is just the latest revelation. And, and again, you know, if if... Humanity just as a whole just goes along with all this draconian garbage. That just gives the the, the uh, satanic Illuminati elite who are behind all of these things the green light to know that the Sheeple people will accept anything we want to impose on them and shove down their throat. That's what it's telling them. So, But if there's enough pushback, what ends up happening is they have to rethink things and ultimately um, there's more time 
that's given. Okay, but if everybody just capitulates and goes along with it and goes with the flow, you know, that's exactly what they're they they want. That's exactly what Satan wants. And um, not something that I believe you need to be involved with. Next report. Uh, Satanic Temple approved for Florida Capitol holiday display. This is out of Tallahassee. The Florida's Capitol in, in Tallahassee will have a new holiday decoration this year. The Satanic Temple will be among its nativity scenes and secular presentations. The Florida Department, because we have to give everybody equal footing now, even the First Church of Satan or Satanic Temple, uh, the Florida Department of Management Services this week approved the proposed holiday display from the Satanic Temple. I'm looking at it right here. It says, Happy Holidays, Satanic Temple, and it has a, a uh, an angel, their representation of a, of a holy angel, falling into hell, in the, into the fires of hell. That's the display. I'm looking right at it. It's, it's right in, on, on, it'll be on page, I don't know, um, six or seven of this PDF I'm releasing for 12-7-2014. I'm not making this stuff up. Um, it said that um, they approved the display from the Satanic Temple, which a year ago was rejected because the agency said its proposal was grossly offensive. Like, this isn't grossly offensive? Uh, an angel falling into the pits of hell? I mean, you know, what won't they approve? Can you imagine going into the Florida cap, into the Capitol, and having this... I mean, it's, it's, it, it, not only that, it's beyond cheesy looking. It looks like something out of a B-rated movie. And, you know, we got to be politically correct. We've just got to be polit- We can't offend anybody. Except the Christians. That's the only ones that don't count. The Muslims get a special pass. The Luciferians get a, a special pass. The illegal aliens do. The pro-abortion crowd the gay, sodomite, homosexual, lesbian, transgender, they're all special, good people, privileged, wonderful people. But the Christians, who cares? We could care less if we offend them. And we're going to go our way to offend them. The temple's entry was one of five displays that got approval. But to, to be put up in the first floor rotunda of the Capitol for the end of the year holiday period. So there was other ones, and this is one of the ones that made the cut. An angel falling into the pits of hell. May the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke these devils. The state agency offered no explanation with its approval of the, of the displays. <laughs> what could it say? The, the approved display will banner the phrase Happy Holidays from the Satanic Temple atop a diorama of an angel falling into hell. We hope that this holiday season, everybody can put their religious differences aside and respect that celebratory spirit of responsible hedonism is available to all. Lucian Greaves, the the uh, the head of the uh, Satanic Temple or whatever, he was that same guy that was in Oklahoma doing all that garbage. Responsible hedonism. So this is where we're at. You know, we've got satanic displays literally inside state capitals now. 
the 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 whole proposal for the uh, Baphomet with the two children sitting on its lap in a in a statue form approved for Oklahoma, their state capital. I mean, wow, wow! Talk about satanically in your face. And again, these are things that that Christians. You should be praying against, literally, that God would would intervene in every one of these situations in in um, in a supernatural way. I think that would get their attention a lot more if God did it in a supernatural way. That's why it's not good to just go there and try to you know let God do it. If enough people were praying about it, I really do believe that God would act regarding these these matters. Next report, Rick Warren's call for Christians to unite with Catholics. In a new video, megachurch leader and author uh, Rick Warren is calling for Christians to unite with Roman Catholics and Pope Francis, who Warren recently referred to as the Holy Father, even though the Bible says call no man father, but your father in heaven. And there's nothing holy about that devil. A move that is raising concerns among Christians nationwide and is resulting in calls for Warren to repent. You know, that part I have a really big problem with because this guy is such a devil from the pit of hell. He's had his slimy hands in every, in every type of, of, of um, initiative to yoke us up with the Muslims, to yoke us up with the Catholic Church, to get us on the United Nations uh, one world religion bandwagon. Water down and just to lukewarm everything in modern day Christianity. This guy is nothing but a tool from Satan. He's going to burn in hell white hot. And and this thing about a move that's raising concerns among Christians. Really? Like you shouldn't have, have purged this leaven filled devil from the ranks of Christianity decades ago? It's just a, it's a joke. In that regard, Warren has made the comments following his visit to the Vatican last month, where he spoke at an interfaith conference on the complementarity of man and woman, which I reported on. We have far more in common than what divides us, which is, you know, what I've warned against over and over regarding Catholicism. He said that in a two-minute video released by the Catholic News Service on Wednesday. He described it as being an outline for an ecumenical vision for Catholics and Protestants to work together to defend the sanctity of life, sex, and marriage. They would say, we believe in the Trinity, we believe in the Bible, we believe in the resurrection, we believe in salvation through Jesus Christ, Warren asserted, speaking of the various denominations within Christianity, of which he included Roman Catholicism. These are big issues. They don't believe in salvation through Jesus Christ. It's a lie. I believe in keeping the seven sacraments in a works-based get you to purgatory where maybe, you know, you'll do your time there and if enough people are saying masses for you and if you lived enough of a good life, you won't have to spend as much time in purgatory. Ultimately, you're still atoning for your own sins through good works and through other works that other people are doing on earth to get you out of there. It's not through the blood of Jesus Christ. No way. You're praying to saints, you're praying to Mary, you're doing all of these works. It's garbage. It's all lies. 
totally another gospel. And the Bible says to be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. They are unbelievers. Catholics. They are not a believer in the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that the Bible teaches. The author of the best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life, then sought to defend Catholics from those who take issue with the practice of seeking the intercession of Mary. Oh, he's got to defend him on that, too. And the various deceased persons that have been sainted by the Vatican. Yes, all of those corpses that are now well-preserved in the casket. Not even in the casket. I, I like it when they dress them up, when they beautify this this disgusting, decaying, dead body under glass. And they'll go there and worship him, or they'll worship his, um, you know, uh, ever-decaying, diseased big toe. Because it's a relic. Do you know that every Catholic church, from what I've heard, actually has one of these relics literally buried in the altar somewhere? Literally part of the altar? That's part of the whole Catholic death cult religion? I mean, there, this is this is a really evil, seriously sick death cult. Key in Catholicism in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. My biggest problem is you won't be able to find all the teachings I've done on it because I've done so many it would scroll off. It only, it only lists so many. I'd like to get that expanded where it lists like all of them. I mean, it's just too big to even... I've done so many studies on it exposing them. Facts. I'm not exposing hearsay. I'm just, I'm exposing what's widely available, what they've admitted to. I mean, there, there's some really seriously sick stuff that goes on in Catholicism regarding the way they worship, regarding what they believe. Antichrist stuff. And, I mean, you know, hey, it's, but they're on evil footing, according to uh, good old Rick Warren. He goes on to say, sometimes Protestants think Catholics worship Mary like she's another god. Oh, well, that's exactly what they do, Rick. That's exactly. They call her now the co-redemptrix, meaning she is the co-redeemer. In fact, she's actually kind of more important because you got to go to her to get to Jesus because that's his mom and she's the only one that can appease him. And they pray directly to Mary. There's no Bible for that whatsoever. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The Bible is very clear. We do not pray to Mary. She did not live a sinless existence. We got into that last week. She offered dove, two doves for sin offering in the Bible. If she was sinless, how could she have done that? She wasn't a perpetual virgin. Jesus had brothers after with she had children with Joseph after Jesus. She wasn't a perpetual virgin. She wasn't a taken up into heaven like Jesus was, the assumption of Mary. No, she died like everyone else. Was she blessed among all women? Sure, absolutely. But, you know, they got to have their goddess, just like all cults. They got to have their goddess. All cults ultimately have to have their goddess at some level. And she's the Roman Catholics. You got to have some perversion. Well, case in the Catholics' case, there's so many perversions, uh, you don't even know where to begin. Okay, so Rick says, sometimes Protestants think Catholics worship Mary like she's another god. 
But that's not exactly Catholic doctrine. That's exactly Catholic doctrine, you fork-tongue liar, Warren. Warren contended, quote, People say, what are the saints all about? Why are you praying to the saints? Another thing they do. Why are you worshiping idols? What do you mean? All of the all of those they they recreate Mary. They recreate all of these supposed saints, and each one of them. If, if you're you know if you're um, you know uh, pinky toes hurting, you pray to this saint. If you've got a case of hemorrhoids, you pray to this saint. Um, you got a little sciatica, you pray to this saint. You got some financial issues, pray to this saint. Your car breaks down, you pray to this. Saint. It, it, it's the most asinine bunch of garbage. But, you know, that's what Satan's all about. He's about getting you to jump through as many hoops as possible. Keeping you as confused as possible. You don't even know which ends up. You just hope you're kind of doing it right in the end. Meanwhile, you're going straight to hell because you're trusting in some works-based garbage death cult that's literally been put on planet Earth to pervert Christianity and get you into hell. That's why Catholicism is here. From a satanic standpoint. And it says, and when you understand what they all mean by what they're saying, there's a whole lot more commonality than we, that we have with Roman Catholics. That's what Rick Warren says. What a nonsensical, asinine statement that just was. What are the saints all about? Why are you praying to the saints? And when you understand what they mean by what they're saying, whatever that means... There's a whole lot more commonality that we have with the Roman Catholics. Oh, wow, that was profound. I mean, that was really, I'm convinced, where do I sign up? I mean, man. Then he goes on to say, there's still real differences, no doubt about that, Warren stated. But the most important thing is, if you love Jesus, we're all on the same team. No. No. Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But that's predicated on continuing in his word. Doing all of this extra biblical garbage, going against God's word, is not continuing in his word. Saying you love Jesus and going against so many things that the Bible says blatantly because you're choosing to follow this man-made death cult religion over what the word of God says is not showing Jesus that you love him. We're not on the same team. Second Peter 2.17-19 through 19 describes somebody like Warren very well where it says these are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, Rick Warren, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. Hey, we're all on the same team. We got all this in common. We're all on the same... Look at look at the, what we share in common about marriage, the sanctity of marriage, pro-life. Listen... I don't care if it's, you know, I don't want to get yoked up with the First Church of Satan if they're at a pro-life rally. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. That's what the Bible would say about being in a religion like Catholicism. Escape from them that live in error. While they promised them liberty, like Rick Warren... Rick Warren's the best at that. Oh, it doesn't matter. You're, you're Muslim, you're Catholic, whatever. All religions, they're all... Just as long as you love Jesus, we're all on the same team. While they promised them liberty, 
They themselves are the servants of corruption, Rick Warren, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. You sit under somebody like Rick Warren, you go to a church like that that preaches, that follows Rick Warren, you're going to be brought into bondage, you're going to be overcome. And you're not even going to realize it's happening. Well, they're promising me all this liberty. Yeah, but they themselves are the servants of corruption. That's why they're promising you this false liberty. Titus 1.15b-16 through 16 says, Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, Rick Warren. I'm, I'm adding, obviously, Rick Warren. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Rick Warren has no conscience. He has no conscience, as far as I'm concerned. Anybody that is bent on taking as many people to hell as Rick Warren is bent on taking, and it's obvious by his actions, as actions do speak louder than words, tells me that his conscience has been seared with a hot iron, tells me that he has been turned over to a reprobate mind, tells me he is among the men, the evil men and seducers that are waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, 2 Timothy 3.13. He's just... Tells me he's a, he's, he's a he is a um, an agent of Satan who's trying to appear as a minister of righteousness. They profess that they know God like Rick Warren would or the Pope, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Galatians 1, 6-9 says, And I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the gospel of grace unto another gospel. Totally another gospel here. Rick Warren, lukewarm Christianity, Catholicism, another gospel. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Rick Warren, the Pope, etc. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you that that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Let Rick Warren be accursed. That's what the Bible says about him, and about the Pope, and all like him. And as we said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that ye have received, let him be accursed. It says it two times in a row. Rick Warren is accursed, and all like him. They're preaching another gospel, a soul-damning gospel, a false gospel. He closed by speaking of his belief that Christians and Catholics serve as co-laborers for the cause of defending life and family. Co-laborers. Just like Chrislam, co-laborers with Allah. Well, he's right on that bandwagon, even more than probably the Catholic bandwagon. I don't know which one he's more on. But Warren's comments have raised concern from Christian leaders nationwide who are now calling the Saddleback leader to repentance. Repentance? How can you have Satan repent? He was, he was a satanic agent from the very beginning. This is, this is the part I have the problem with, is this call to repentance. He, he's... He's put there by design. He knows exactly what he's doing. Nothing but an angel of Satan. Matt Slick of Christian Apologetics and Research and Ministry reputed each of Warren's points. Sure, there are Catholics who love the real Christ. 
okay, but if that's the truth, why do they remain into that false devil death cult? I'm not saying there couldn't be some, I'm just saying that they're doing so many things against the word of God. By staying in that. That are reprehensible to God. He goes on to say, the problem is the Roman Catholic Church's false teaching concerning Marian salvation. My comment. That is really just the tip of the satanic iceberg. What about the legions of pedophile priests? What about the 50 million plus killed in the Inquisitions? Many true born-again Christians. Not only just killed, but tortured in the most horrific, sick, perverted, sexual ways. And then killed. Key in Inquisition. In the keyword search box. ContendingForTruth.com. I get into that. Show you a lot of the torture devices they used. They still have. What about papal infallibility? Well, the Pope can do no wrong. He's, he's infallible. What a lie from the pit of hell. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie from the pit of hell, essentially. The list goes on and on. In other, in other words, this isn't near hardcore enough. This, this is just window dressing, if you ask me. He goes on to say, Rick Warren says both Catholics and Protestants believe in the Bible, but there is a significant difference between the Bible of the Protestants and the Roman Catholic Church, which, which has added seven books. There are numerous problems in the apocryphal books, such as the teaching of salvation by works and the offering of money for sins of the dead. Well, he doesn't even get into the KJV according to, uh, versus the American Standard Version, the Catholic Version. That's a whole other issue there. Two totally di- translated from two totally different text types. Warren implies that both Protestants and Catholics have the same view of salvation, he continued, though it's technically correct to say that Catholics believe in Jesus Christ as part of the salvation process. Uh, okay, kind of. They reject the justification by faith alone in Christ alone. Instead, it teaches that good works of various kinds are necessary for salvation. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. The Bible says not by works, Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, which is what the Catholics would teach you, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, faith in Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that's what a lot of religions revolve around, is the pride that one would receive in saying, I earned my own way into whatever you want to call it. For, for a Muslim, I blew up a whole bunch of Jewish women and children with this nail bomb on a bus. And you know what? I earned my way into paradise with my 72 virgins and white-skinned boys. As they plunge into hell, they're realizing they really believe the wrong, a wrong gospel. It's all works-based. Whether you want to call earning your way into nirvana, heaven, paradise, whatever. It's all works-based. But see, it's not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. God's not going to have that kind of pride. You know what I mean? Before him. You stand before God, all your chest all puffed out. Can you imagine? <laughs> Look what I did God, look at the, my life. Look at the life I lay before you, God. 
Yeah, you're going to grant me entrance, aren't you? <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. I don't even like saying that, honestly. It's like I can't even, whoa. doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. There will be no glorying of the flesh in his presence. But it appeals to the prideful side of human nature, where we did it. We did it of our own merit. Doesn't work that way. If you're not if you're not understanding about the salvation thing, go to contendingfortruth.com. The top right hand part, you'll see true salvation. I've done study on that, and then several studies afterward after you get saved, and just listen to them in that order. Kind of lays it out. Plus, there's huge PDFs that go along with every one of them. All I'm really doing is quoting scripture. So do that today if you're. Not sure about that. Don't delay. The Christian apologist then pointed to several Roman Catholic teachings on Mary, uh, mainly from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, such as that Mary, by her manifold intercession, continues to bring us gifts of eternal salvation. What a blasphemous lie. Mary does not give us gifts of eternal salvation. It's only through Jesus Christ. His shed blood, his death, burial, and resurrection. Our faith in that. To atone for our sins. But they're saying that Mary, by her manifold intercession, meaning she's praying and praying and praying, continues to bring us gifts of eternal salvation. Oh my, oh, that's so blasphemous. And that by asking Mary to pray for us, we acknowledge ourselves to be poor sinners. And we address ourselves to to the Mother of Mercy, the Holy One of all. Again, pure, fork-tongued blasphemy. Rick Warren has not only failed to recognize the problems in these serious areas, but has lent his credibility as a Protestant pastor in support of the Roman Catholic Church. Slick wrote, This should never be done by any Protestant, Protestant, and that whole term, you know. We're Protestants because we're protesting. We came out of the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther you know, the whole nine yards. We, we, no, we don't all come from that. I don't identify myself with that. There was a whole separate line of Christians that never had anything to do with that. Get Faithful Baptist Witness by Dr. Phil Stringer. To me, it's not about Baptist versus whatever. It's just more of a history of a different, of, of the true line of Christianity that came up bes- like outside of the Catholic Church. I don't want to identify myself as coming out of the Catholic Church. Nothing good spawned, you know what I mean? How could how could something wicked and evil come out of something, or how could something so wonderful and good and puritanical come out of the Catholic Church? I'm not saying that that wasn't a good thing, the Protestant Reformation. I'm not saying that, but there was a lot of leaven that was brought out that, that never really left in a lot of these denominations and has more so reintegrated back into them. And I'm not giving the Baptists a pass either. But it's good to know the true history about the Anabaptists and the Waldensians and, you know, these types of things. So, Faithful Baptist Witness by Phil Stringer. You should be able to find it online. I think that's a good book. about. Obviously, he writes from a very Baptist perspective. Okay? But just try to look at the content of it to understand that, more of the history. Anyway, uh... And then he goes on to say, um... I must conclude that Mr. Warren does not take the word of God seriously and or 
He does not understand the damnable teachings of the Roman Catholicism regarding salvation. No, I agree. Rick Warren needs to repent. Please spare me. It's like saying Satan needs to repent. It's a joke. Last um, thing we're going to get into is entitled, Hell is for Real, Cancel Your Reservation. This is from an excerpt of the description. Uh, the uh, I think the evangelist writing this says, When I walked out of the theater after watching Heaven is for Real... I, that, I don't know, I didn't watch the movie or whatever, but he said, I felt uncomfortable for the almost subliminal message that eventually all people go to heaven. Which is what most of these heaven shows are basically saying. I mean, if they're going to make it to, to Heli, Hollywood, they're going to have to be the, the, the most feel-good, lukewarm message they're going to give. Everybody goes to heaven. Eventually, all people go to heaven. Since the movie did not show the biblical road to heaven, it leaves a message that all people will go there. Again, a damnable heresy. To counter this eternally dangerous misunderstanding, we are creating a new DVD entitled Hell is for Real, Cancel Your Reservation. I'm just going to play the trailer for this. Now, I don't know every single thing about every evangelist, but what I heard on the trailer sounded pretty good. There is a reference to Billy Graham in the trailer. I apologize for that, Billy Graham. You know, 33rd degree Freemason, definitely part of the New World. But he's not, like, one of the the people. I do think what they said in this trailer is good, because there needs to be a counter for all of this, oh, go toward the light, everybody goes to heaven. Now, I have done a teaching on near-death experiences a long time ago. Just key in death or near-death or experiences in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You should be able to find that, where I get into this subject and expose it, and, and um, this kind of goes along with that. We've gathered here together today to honor the memory of uh, Harold Rhodes, his wife, and Betty and son Henry survived him, and I want you to know that Harold died and went to hell. How many times have you ever heard a funeral begin with those words? I can guess. The truth is, is that everyone does not go to heaven when they die. The truth is that even the majority of people do not go to heaven when they die. The truth is, as sad as it is, most people die and go to hell. This is what the Word of God says. If this is true, and it is, I don't want you to end up in that horrible place. I don't want you to be misinformed, misled, or misguided. You see, I believe you have a right to know the truth. I'll begin by asserting that hell is for real. It is as real as heaven. It is a real place of torment and suffering that according to Matthew 25... These are like different um, like evangelists and pastors that are speaking. 41 was created for the devil and his angels. And in Matthew 25, 46, the Bible also teaches that hell will be the destiny of all people who reject the grace and mercy God has provided through Jesus and who instead choose to rebel against God by rejecting his son and refusing to repent of their sins.
You know, some people say that it is probably better to talk about heaven than to talk about hell. After all, Jesus was a person who actually believed in love. But if you go back and look at the New Testament, you'll recognize that Jesus said a lot more about hell than he ever did about heaven. He talked, for example, about how our actions here on earth in Matthew 5 could actually consign us to a fire of hell. He talks about in Matthew 5 as well about better to lose one of our own body parts than to have our whole body taken into hell. He spends a fair amount of time warning those individuals that they should be less concerned about individuals who can kill the body and be more concerned about a God that can actually kill both body and soul in hell. When Jesus talked about going to hell, he talked about the fact that the rich man was in hell and there was a great gulf fix. There was no way to get out of hell. There was no way to return back to earth to warn his brothers or to warn anybody else. In fact, the statement, they have Moses and the prophets, seems rather severe to us. But what Jesus was really saying is, they have the truth of the word of God. And if that is not sufficient, a warning from somebody returning from hell itself will not change their mind either. Only the power of the Spirit of God convicting the soul of the unbeliever, converting the soul of the unbeliever, and drawing him to the Savior can really bring him to a point of genuine faith. Whether someone claims to have returned from hell or not, we have no way of knowing for sure. But if we look at the Bible, there are no examples of that in Scripture. We do have examples of people who had come from heaven such as Moses and Elijah, who appeared as the two witnesses with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, But they'd already been in heaven, they returned, and they were gone again. We also have the example of the Apostle Paul, who says that he was caught up into the third heaven, and the very words caught up in the original Greek New Testament, harpazo, is the very word for the rapture. I was raptured up into heaven temporarily, and then later returned. But for the most part, the Bible makes it clear to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You don't find in Scripture a lot of people making journeys back and forth. Now, whether God allows that or not, only the Lord knows. I think ultimately we listen to somebody's story, but we check the story by the Word of God and ask ourselves, is this really true based on what the Bible says? Yeah, very important what he just said. We check everything against the anvil of truth, the Word of God, the King James Bible in the English-speaking language. Okay, that's what's important to do regarding... I mean, I, I listen to so many of these, and I have, over the years, had so many people email me about, well, this one went to hell, and this one went to heaven, and, and, and this and that, and, and it's like, I'll start listening to these, and I'm like, the Bible doesn't say that about hell. And the Bible doesn't say that about hell. And the Bible doesn't say that about heaven. And there's all of these things that would just get you, if you bought into all this stuff, hook, line, and sinker, would start really starting to almost start to chip away at your faith. Because it's like, well, that's contradictory to the Word of God. What am I going to believe? The Word of God or, or somebody's supposed testimony about going to heaven or hell? And, and particularly the hell ones, there's a lot of stuff in there that is very, very, very extra-biblical much of the time. And so it's very important to care, to compare that stuff. And I just, I encourage people to go to the Word of God. I don't encourage people to get all wrapped up in the the heaven and the hell um, testimonies because it's like you don't know 
what spirit might be behind that. You don't know the agenda maybe behind that person or, or you know what I mean? You got to you got to rely on the word of God. The question is often asked, what is hell like? Is it a literal fire? Dr. Billy Graham has been asked that repeatedly, and Dr. Graham responds that he does not know, but that every symbol in the Bible stands for a reality that is stronger than the symbol. If the Bible tells us that hell is fire, then the reality must be worse than the symbol. Have you ever burned your finger? You know how excruciatingly painful a simple burn on one finger is. I'm aware of a Washington man who was burned over 99% of his body. People can barely stand to look at him. He can't begin to explain the pain that he has suffered. There is no way a person can explain that kind of pain. It's beyond comprehension. Yet the suffering of hell will be of a burning nature more severe than that. I do believe that hell is an eternal place because when God made us, when God made the human race, he placed in us an eternal soul. And our souls will exist forever and ever and ever, either in heaven or in hell, because the soul made by God could never cease to exist. And the justice of God demands that hell exist because God is holy. His wrath burns against sin. His righteous, holy wrath burns against sin. So there's no get-out-of-jail-free card regarding hell. I know it's an uncomfortable truth for many people to think that people could live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever uh, in a place called hell of eternal torment and suffering. But God who is love, God who is holy, has clearly said, yes, there is a hell and there is a judgment that is coming. And therefore, he has provided the answer in the love of Jesus Christ and in the cross. And the cross stands in the way of anyone and everyone to keep us out of hell. The Lord Jesus taught that not only was hell a place of suffering, a place of separation, but he also said it was a place of sorrow. The, the rich man in this narrative who died and went to hell would cry out, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, that is, Lazarus, the poor beggar, to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. I'm convinced that part of the eternal suffering in hell will be the unending sorrow one will experience. Sorrow in that each and every time you ever heard the good news of Jesus and rejected it, you will remember. Every time you heard a gospel song, viewed a church service on television or the internet or was approached by someone sharing Jesus with you, you will remember. You'll never forget each and every opportunity you had in this physical life to respond to God's sacrifice. For all of eternity, you'll remember. You'll also remember your loved ones. You'll remember that they, like you, never gave their lives to Christ and as such their fate will be the same as yours. This terrifying truth will haunt you forever as you realize the role, the contribution that you yourself have made in their life. Why, why, why will haunt you? And yet there'll be nothing you can do. Jesus said they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. The rich man said, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And Jesus replied, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, 
Neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. But there's still more. Not just suffering, separation, and sorrow. There's the sentence. And if you think about it, Jesus did rise from the dead. <laughs> you know, after the third day. And appeared to many. And still, there were still many that didn't believe. I think that he was foretelling that. That, you know, still there was... Corporately, Israel still did not get um, saved. Even after he rose from the dead and appeared. So it was almost like a fore- foretelling of what he knew to be the case. See, for all eternity. Listen to the word of God. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. Isn't it interesting that in the end you are judged according to your works? In, in other words, if you insist on rejecting the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and doing it your own way, through your own works, in whatever religion you might believe in, that in the end you'll get exactly what you ask for. You'll be judged by the merit of your own works. But it, it, it could never, ever be enough to get you into heaven. Ever. So, in the end, you'll get exactly what you've asked for, what the way you lived your life and what you, you sought. Isn't that ironic? Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, this is the final sentencing for all humankind. When a Christ-rejecting unbeliever steps into eternity, they are instantly suffering. Don't misunderstand. They're separated. They are sorrowful. And while they are incarcerated, the judgment has not yet occurred. That is the final judgment. It remains until the end of all the ages. Then and only then will the final sentencing take place. You know, it's kind of like a person who stops off after work with their friends. Maybe they have a few drinks and they get in their car and they're driving under the influence. The police stop him or her and make an arrest and takes them to jail. Now, they're in jail and yet they have not had their day in court. That'll come later. So it is with the final sentencing. The only difference is that for the drunk, they might get off with a savvy attorney, but there will be no legal representation, no appeal at this judgment. No fallacious evidence will be presented. Just the facts. Your life and how you chose to live. So that's it. We all get to choose. We don't get to choose the family we're born into. We don't get to choose our siblings. We don't get to choose how much pigmentation is in our skin, nor our ethnicity. We don't get to choose how tall we will be or what we will look like. But we do get to choose our eternal destination. Did you hear me? We get to choose. Okay, so that was the trailer for Hell is for Real, Cancel Your Reservation. Uh, there's a link here, and uh, cuttingedge.org link, 
And it's, unfortunately, it's a DVD, and it's like, I think it's like an hour and a half or whatever. It's like, it's like $25. Again, I just, I just tend to want to give everything away regarding stuff like this. That's why I have this ministry. Um, but, um, they've got several videos up there on, like, hell and stuff. And, and to kind of counter a lot of what is being said about, I think the new age version of, you know, everybody goes to heaven type of thing, you know, and so if you want to avail yourself to that, I give you the link there and, uh, the, uh, link to the, to the trailer that we just watched. So, uh, that's all we really have today. Again, if, if you're wondering about that subject, go to the true salvation tab at, um, contendingfortruth.com. And regarding salvation, if you were convicted by that, the trailer that we just played um, about your own salvation, please do that. It's the most important thing. Um, it's the most important thing that would have anything to do with this ministry. And a lot of the reason that, that I do what I do is to get people to the point where, let's say we use the current event and we use the health thing, and that brings you to the point where you realize, hey, this stuff's all true. I mean, this stuff's all verifiable, and, you know, I'm going to hell if I don't get saved, and, and, and to bring you to that point, to use it as an ice-breaking tool for that, and um, ultimately, that's the most important, you know, decision you'll ever make. So, um, with that, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I, I thank you for letting us come together, Lord, again, to um, look at these subjects, Lord, and and I do pray, God, that this information will be a blessing to my listeners, that you do give us um, eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, that you forgive us for any and all sins we have committed, as we forgive those that have sinned against us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that you would use um, my listeners, Lord, and the body of Christ mightily, this ministry for your glory and that you would use us to lead many to the Lord Jesus Christ and that your name be glorified um, uh, through us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.